With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, that's right. You heard the man. It's that time of week. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios. Fox Sports Radio here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be jam-packed show tonight we get to the nfl preseason takeaways hard knocks johnny manziel we've got the trivia game that resumes at midnight round five we've got the stories we cover it all but for me i want to begin with the story this week that stuck out the most then stuck in my craw having to do with well it rhymes with eric Bieniemy. And I'm about to have Bienemies back in a big way. Dodgers fans, and you're listening on 570 AM in Los Angeles. Uh, I know you remember the 88 Dodgers, and they won it all. Perhaps one of the more storied teams in the entire Dodgers history, thanks to what Kirk Gibson did. It all started in spring training when Jesse Orozco decided to pull a prank and put a little lamp black in Gibby's in the bill of his cap and we put his cap on he had black all over his face and everybody's laughing and Gibby doesn't know what's going on and finally someone held a mirror up to him and told him and Gibby lost his mind he looked at all of them and said you're all a bunch of clowns no wonder you don't win a damn thing here no wonder you haven't won in seven years your head's not in the right spot you're, it changes now he set a tone he set a tone and the Dodgers won the World Series that year obviously the famous at bat off of Dennis Eckersley. You know, in case you haven't noticed, football is an emotional, violent game. And in case you haven't noticed, what worked with the uh, Washington, what the hell do you want to call them? Redskins, football team, commanders, it didn't work last year. What worked last year didn't work last year. Matter of fact, hasn't worked in seven years, 
That offense is not ranked above 20th in points or yards per game in seven years. You know, when Vince Lombardi was hired by Curly Lambeau to take over the last place Green Bay Packers many a year ago, Curly Lambeau called him in after the first practice and says, I need an evaluation. What's wrong with my team? He says, it's real simple. You got 53 guys on the roster and 46 can't play football. Lombardi fixed it. Sounds to me like Eric Bieniemy is trying to change the culture. He's bringing an attitude. He's making an attitude adjustment. He's interjecting things like, you know, accountability and pride and work ethic. And here's where I throw the flag. To imply, well, this might be the reason that Eric Bieniemy is not getting head coaching jobs. People that make statements like that, I guarantee you, you don't have as many connections in the NFL as I do. I've had some good conversations a long time with people. And you know why Bieniemy hasn't gotten a job yet? Only Bieniemy knows. You don't know. And I want to hearken back to a great conversation I had with a guy by the name of Tony Dungy in January of 2004 in Kansas City when Dungy's Colts were in town to play the Chiefs uh, in the playoffs. And, uh, and I was there that day, and I asked for and got access. Uh, I've always said when I grow up, I want to be Tony Dungy. He's one of the most elegant human beings you'll ever meet in your life. But we struck up a conversation and it came up because in, in the 90s, as an assistant with Pittsburgh, Tony Dungy was the Eric Bannemi of the 90s. Kept getting interviews, couldn't get jobs. People had their reasons. They didn't know. And I'll never forget what Tony Dungy told me. He said, you know, I was close to getting two jobs. Actually, I was about to get two jobs. And as a final check the box, the owner called me in to have a conversation in both cases. He said, Tony, I just need to know something. Football is a violent, emotional game. I know your your demeanor. I'm going to need you now and then to raise a little hell. Drop a few F-bombs. Scream and yell. Throw some chairs. Fire a team up if the situation warrants it. I just don't know if you can do that, and I think you have to have that gear if you're going to coach in the NFL. Tony Dungy, being the elegant, stoic man he is, looked at each owner and said, I can't do that. First of all, it's not my nature. Second of all, I don't really think that works. And three, if I were to try to do that, they'd see right through it. And the owners both thanked him and said, Tony, thanks for your candor. I think I'm going to have to pass. Uh, they were ready to hire Tony Dungy, but because he was not willing to do what Eric Bieniemy does, because that's his style, he didn't get two jobs. Interestingly enough, finally, Tampa Bay and Malcolm Glazer comes along, and they have the same identical conversation. Tony gives the identical answer. I, I, I can't do that. I don't think it works. It's not my nature. And if I were to try that, it would appear disingenuous. Laser thought, leaned back in his chair, says, you know what, Tony? You've turned me around. I understand. See, all styles work, and all styles don't work. Believe me, the strong, silent type works as well. Football is a violent, emotional game. Even on the high school level. Sheesh, I remember high school coaches yelling at me, yelling at us. I had a coach lean over to me once. Says, son, you know I'm so hard on you? Why, coach? Because someday when your wife leaves you for the drummer in a band and the bank forecloses on your house, you'll be able to handle it. I'm 17 years old. I'm looking up. I go, Coach, what's foreclose mean? Took a couple decades later. I know what he meant. Don't people get it? The enemy has said it. There's no mystery here. He said, quote, I'm always going to be loud. I'm always going to be vocal. I'm always going to demand from my leaders. And 
It seemed to work in Kansas City. You can't tell me he didn't have nothing to do with Kansas City's success. I just went Sparky Anderson double negative there. Bianami went on to say, quote, if I ain't doing my job, my ass gets fired. It's my job, my responsibility to make sure I'm getting our guys to do what I'm expecting them to do. Now remember, Washington hired Bianami this offseason, you know, 10 years in Kansas City, and he had, including the last five as the OC when they won two Super Bowls. Ron Rivera hired Bianami specifically to inject a spark into the offense that, again, has ranked in the bottom third on yards and points in the last seven years. By the way, it's also a critical year for Ron Rivera. He's entering his fourth season, and there's no Daniel Snyder there anymore. He was not hired by Josh Harris. Josh Harris is the new owner. So Biennemi joins the staff with the reputation of being intense, being demanding. His approach has been evident during the spring and summer practices, and I understand I'm not at practice. He can be heard more than any other coach, whether he's correcting a player, praising a player. And, I okay, so some commanders players concerned by his intensity and maybe they you know, have a little complaint. I don't like that one bit. I don't like that one bit. Biennemi is who he is. He says, I want our guys to understand we don't take anything for granted. You see me pull players, have long discussions, so we're always on the same page. Eric Biennemi, he was talking in the third person. Eric Biennemi is who he is. Eric Biennemi knows how to adapt and adjust. Eric Biennemi is a tough, hard-nosed coach, but also understand, quote, I'm going to be the biggest and harshest critic, but also their number one fan. I got their back all the time. So if some players were a little concerned with how hard Biennemi was riding them, maybe that's what they need. And I know Biennemi himself said he might be a little concerned about how some players would handle his approach said I had a you know number of guys come to me and say I gotta just go talk to him I understand what he's trying to get across and they go talk to him but it's enlightening so it's an adjustment okay and let's not also forget Bienemy replaced a guy by the name of Scott Turner who was very low-key and he was also fired and by the way the players complained about the offense under Scott Turner as well so, younger players perhaps are coming out of programs that didn't deal with coaches in intensity. Well, maybe that's what they maybe that's what they're missing. And I'm not talking about somebody, you know, that's yelling indiscriminately, somebody that doesn't have the cred, somebody that doesn't have the pedigree. I think Bianami has those things. Right? So, the long and short of it is you have to sort of appreciate Eric Bianami. He's upfront and honest. I do think he cares. And He's a communicator. You're always going to know where you stand with Eric Bieniemy, And I think if you look at what's for the greater good for this moribund Washington Commanders franchise, you have to ask yourself, if you keep on doing what you've been doing, are you not going to keep on getting what you've been getting? So Bieniemy, at the end of the day, might be exactly what the Washington Commanders needed. Commanders needed. We're going to find out. We're not going to really find out till after the new year. Let's let the season play out. Let's let the results speak for themselves. But for me, from a matter of practicality, for a matter of objectivity, for a matter of fairness, I got the enemies back here. We'll see how it plays out. But obviously what the commanders were doing wasn't working and the enemy brings change. I want to remind everybody the Tyroac sweepstakes continue. We've now had two grand winners 
who have taken home a set of four brand-new tires in the summer rack sweepstakes. And the good news for you, one winner still up for grabs. Our third winner will be picked on August 27th to win a set of four plus ti- four tires plus installation taxes and fees. Valued up to $1,500. Enter daily at foxsportsradio.com. Every single day you get a fresh new entry and an additional win. It's free to register. You also get bonus entries into the sweepstakes by following Fox Sports Radio on social media and by following the Fox Sports Radio channel in the iHeart app. To enter and get rules, visit foxsportsradio.com, sponsored by tireact.com, the way tire buying should be. Coming up, we bring in Kevin Bollinger, Channel 5, Fox Sports local here. He's got his finger on the pulse all over the Raiders. We'll talk injuries. We'll talk camp updates. We'll talk their outlook heading into Sunday's game versus the 49ers. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. Uh, and you may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, back on the Bernie Frato Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Just welcome in a gentleman. He's been on the show before. He's the local sports director here, Fox 5 Las Vegas, the Fox TV affiliate here, an anchor, an all-time guru, and expert on the Las Vegas Raiders, Kevin Bollinger. Good evening, buddy. How are you? Doing great, Bernie. Good Friday night to you and everybody out there. And uh, let's let's crank up the sports. It's starting to get fun again. It is. And uh, before I dive into the Raiders, which we're heavily going to do, I want to give you your flowers. You never wavered from the fact that it was likely that the Oakland A's would find their way here, and there's still some hoops to jump through, but it's uh, fairly well a fait accompli, so props to you. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, it was, <laughs> is that the grand prize or the consolation prize, right? I guess that's what uh, everybody's wondering. But We'll, we'll find out in 2038, I think, when they get here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's start with the latest news. Uh, I covered the NFL for many, many years in Detroit. I've never heard the classification of an injury being crazy serious. So fortunately, <laughs> Devontae Adams' injury doesn't look crazy serious. I'm hearing calf. Uh, can you give us some insight as to what happened to Devontae Adams today? Yeah, it was in the, the, the team drills uh, going up against the 49ers in the joint practices today. and It was a clean hit, but uh, he, he got hit pretty good and uh, went down to the ground and, and was down there for a, a little bit, not a ton of time. Came over to the sideline, was looked out by the medical uh, people, and then eventually walked into the complex on his own, but was limping, uh, favoring that right leg. And then after that, uh, all we heard was, was the crazy serious, uh, not crazy serious, from Josh McDaniels. And we're uh, not likely to get any type of update until after the 49ers and Raiders play their preseason game Sunday afternoon. Do you expect him to suit up Sunday? No, and I, he wasn't going to suit up anyway. Uh, you know, the, the superstar players uh, and, and starters for the Raiders traditionally have not played in the preseason. And, and Josh McDaniels was, was pretty clear going into these joint practices with the 49ers that they were looking at it as a three-day process, the two days of practices and the game. And it was just about kind of making sure everybody got the right amount of reps through this process and right. and uh, if they got their reps in practice then they wouldn't play in the game so we weren't anticipating Devontae Adams to play at all anyways yeah fair enough I, I would say uh, I've been pleasantly surprised that we're seeing a bit of a throwback a lot of the games uh, we're seeing a lot of the starters in various teams including quarterbacks uh, getting a fair amount of reps but I, I agree with your assessment let's talk about Josh Jacobs he's He's not to be found, and the Raiders have brought in a couple running backs. It's hard for me to believe, in light of what happened to Le'Veon Bell, that Josh Jacobs wouldn't be there opening day. Uh, what are you hearing? Yeah, I think that there's no sense of panic going on in the Raiders organization right now for that exact reason. He's not under contract because he hasn't signed the franchise tag, so he can't get fined. He's not a holdout because of that situation. And these guys don't get paid until the regular season game. So I anticipate 
that he'll be back probably uh, sometime uh, at the end of August, first part of September, to get ready for that September 10th opener at Denver. And he stayed in pretty good shape. We saw him just uh, right before training camp started. He held a, a youth camp out here in Las Vegas, uh, and he looked to be in really good shape and, and said that uh, you know he, he's ready to roll. And because he, he is familiar with the offense from last year, uh, it's not like you're, you're starting from ground zero. I think that it's something that he can slide right back into. Talking with Kevin Bollinger, sports director here, Fox 5 Vegas, our Fox TV affiliate here in Las Vegas, covers the Raiders like a blanket. All right, so Derek Carr is gone, Jimmy G is here, and I think a lot of people have forgotten that Jimmy G and Josh McDaniels had a pretty good history in New England years ago. i got to believe that Jimmy G has probably done a pretty good job of picking up that offense. What have you observed? No question. And there have been some new wrinkles that have been added, uh, obviously, since uh, Garoppolo was in New England with McDaniels. But I think that that's why the Raiders weren't overly uh, worried about the fact that he had that surgery in the offseason, was going to have him miss all the OTAs, because he already had a familiarity with the offense. He was still going to be in the building, and he has kind of come into training camp uh, while he's taking quote-unquote maintenance days occasionally during during training camp uh things have been kind of uh, clicking along a little bit it's, it's been a roller coaster by everybody's admission he's had some b- bad days and he's had some really good days uh through this process but he also hasn't played since last november so he's got to uh, knock the rust off a little bit uh and so that's what the raiders are going to try and do before they get rolling in september some of the biggest challenges the raiders had last year were on defense what is the outlook at this point on the defense in 2023, Kevin? Well, there's still a lot of unknowns, Bertie. I mean, you got an extremely young linebacker core to begin with uh, that is going to be uh, tested, no question. And uh, the defensive backs, I think, you know, that's what's got a lot of people excited, even though uh, the fact that there are going to be some, some young guys, but they did bring in Marcus Peters who, uh, you know, has had a ton of interceptions in this league over his career, and the Raiders needed to get to that ball-hawking mentality, uh, and it's rubbing off on some of these younger players. There's a rookie who's really stood out, uh, Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland, who they drafted, who has really made a mark so far in camp. But over these last two days of the joint sessions, when they've gone the 7-on-7s and the 11-on-11, the Raiders had six interceptions today. Uh, against the 49ers, and I believe they had four yesterday. So 10 in two days, very unlike a Raiders uh, defense that we've seen in the past few years, but certainly what they know they have to do if they're going to turn the corner. A couple of Raiders who might be household names as the season goes on. Tell me about Trey Tucker. I understand he's grease lightning. He's got some speed uh, and some, some versatility to him. The interesting part is, you know, he's a speedster, and Garoppolo isn't really known as a quarterback who throws the ball downfield a lot. So it'll be interesting to see how they're going to, to use him. But he has certainly turned a lot of heads with his speed. Uh, and somebody who, as we start the preseason on Sunday, uh, I think a lot of people want to see what he can do route running-wise uh, that could maybe make him an important part of this offense potentially. You know, Kevin, uh, I always enjoyed the preseason when I covered the Lions because it gave you a chance to observe position battles and the progression of a draft choice from year one to year two. 
I'm hearing that Thayer Munford, who was a seventh-round pick out of Ohio State last year, is moving his way up the charts that could possibly start at offensive tackle this year. Tell me about him. Yeah, you know, that's really one of the position battles for the Raiders that everybody has their eye on is right tackle. Uh, it has been a, a spot that uh, they needed to fill, and they have three guys uh, that are kind of in there. Uh, Thayer Munford, Jermaine Illuminor, who, who did a nice job uh, with that last year, and Brandon Parker, who was injured in the Hall of Fame game last year and, and missed the season. So Thayer Mumford is a big, big guy. I mean, he is your prototypical tackle size-wise, uh, and, and he's come a long way from year one to year two. And Illuminor is a very versatile offensive lineman that is kind of a plug-and-play type guy that could help them out, which is exactly what Josh McDaniel and general manager Dave Ziegler like with their offensive linemen is guys that, that can fill a lot of spots as needed because you're not going to get out of a season clean on the offensive line. So uh, that's certainly a battle. The, the mumford Illuminor parker battle here over the next uh, couple weeks is going to be interesting to watch. You know, I always say every day a new star is born. The Raiders are thinking they might have a couple in their defensive backfield, Isaiah Pulamal and then Christopher Smith from Georgia. A couple of youngsters, could they work their way? Obviously, you need depth in the secondary. Could they work their way into the starting lineup? Yeah, I don't think anything's out of the question at this point. I mean, they have to do – they've got to find the right fit to get the job done because the AFC West, as we all know, is just loaded with quarterbacks, loaded with offense. Uh, and if they don't get people that can try and slow down, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs and the Chargers, and, and even if the Broncos get things clicking under Sean Payton, uh, you know, it, those that's six games uh, that, are, that are critical uh, in the season. So I think that, you know, they're going to go with who plays best here during training camp out of the gates, but you better produce on the field because there's going to be somebody else who, who's going to want to jump in there and I don't think they'll hesitate to make adjustments throughout the season until they find the right fit. Finally, last thing, uh, we fingers crossed. I've always been a big Jimmy G fan. There's a reason he won 70% of his games. Hopefully he stays healthy. Brian Hoyer in the wings should disaster happen. But tell me a little bit about what you observed out of Aiden O'Connell. He was a walk-on at Purdue. I understand he's a very accurate passer. I haven't seen him much, but I'm always fascinated with stories like that. There's been a lot of people that have compared him to having a similar skill set to Tom Brady in terms of, of how he handles himself in the pocket and what he does. Well, we all know that Joshua Daniels has a long history with Tom Brady and had some pretty good success, I would say, uh, with him through the years. Uh, not saying that Aiden O'Connell is Tom Brady by any stretch of the imagination. However, uh, he, he's another one that, you know, as they go through this process of training camp, uh, they're going to keep an eye on his progress and somebody that, that they think could maybe even slide into the number two at some point you know, during the season if he's able to do that. So there's some excitement on, on what he can do uh, you know, with uh, coming out of, I think it was a fourth-round pick. So right, fourth-round, yeah. To, to go from a walk-on at Purdue, I think he was seventh on the depth chart when he started and worked his way into a starter. Uh, and, you know, he's, just, he's a grinder. He's somebody who's just going to go in there and grind until he gets the job done, and, and that's exactly the type of player that the Raiders are looking for. I love stories like that. Of course, I was at WTK in Ann Arbor, and Tom Brady was a freshman. 
Seventh on the depth chart, so we shall see what we shall see. Kevin, great stuff as always. We'll get you on again soon. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Bernie. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Kevin. That's Kevin Bollinger, sports director, Fox 5, Las Vegas. You're our local Fox affiliate. Coming up, some early observations on the preseason so far from this keen observer. But first... Let's go back to our guy, Kevin Figures, with the latest. All right, Bernie, early morning doubleheader at the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup, which you can watch on Fox this morning. At the top of the hour, France will take on Australia, while at 6.30 Eastern time, you'll have Colombia taking on England. In baseball Friday night, the Dodgers picked up their sixth straight win, a 6-1 to victory over Colorado. Their lead in the National League West now up to seven and a half games over the Giants, as San Francisco lost at home to Texas 2-1. to Arizona going in the wrong direction in the NL West picture. They've lost nine games in a row after a 10-5 drubbing at the hands of the Padres. Julio Rodriguez a home run for Seattle and a victory over Baltimore. Eight straight wins there for the Mariners. Houston blasted the Angels 11-3. You had victories for the Reds, Cubs and Atlanta. In preseason football Russell Wilson played much of the first half for Denver. 7-13 of passing, 93 yards and a touchdown pass to Jerry Judy. Cardinals did beat the Broncos there 18-17. Baker Mayfield 8-9 of passing with a touchdown pass for Tampa Bay and a loss to Pittsburgh. Back to Bernie Fratto. All right, thanks, Kevin. So, the preseason is here. It's a chance to confirm what you think you believe, sort of. You can't take anything away from preseason. I promise you that. I've joked about it. I tweeted it out last year with my credential. I covered the greatest 4-0 preseason team of all time, the 08 Detroit Lions. Scored 80 points, only allowed their opponents 32, and then proceeded to go 0-16 in the regular season. But I digress. Observations. The Jordan Love era began with the Green Bay Packers. Started out, was a little late in his timing on a on a go route to Romeo Dubs. Allowed the center fielder to come over and swat it away. Then missed a crossing route to the tight end badly. But then he settled in 7 for 10 uh, against the Bengals. He had one beautifully thrown touchdown to Romeo Dubs. Uh, and he was 3 for 3 in the red zone. And that matters. You want to judge a quarterback, you look at the red zone, you look at third down, and you look at the fourth quarter. So early signs, you'll take it. I'm not so sure how Jordan Love's going to be, but I think Green Bay's got a very good roster. So something to watch, at least tonight. Uh, you, you, you don't go overboard on one preseason performance. Love wasn't perfect. Like I said, he missed badly on the throw to Luke Musgrave. And uh, they had some drive stall, but... Here he is. He's 24. It's time to take advantage of the opportunity he's been good, given. Fingers crossed in Packerland, we shall see. But for tonight, maybe they'll sleep a little better. Speaking of quarterback competitions, the Tampa Bay Bucks they entered Friday's preseason game against Pittsburgh to try to get a differentiation between Baker Mayfield, who's the who's the presumptive <coughs> excuse me favorite to you know get the starting gig, but it's not a given. It's not a given. It's been reported that no decision's been made by the higher-ups, and Kyle Trask looks progressively better. Now, look, I, I don't know. Baker Mayfield, to me, is a guy who's uh, really just kind of a lightning rod, maybe not as much as he used to be. Remember, he took over a team in Cleveland that was 1-31 the prior two years and got to the playoffs for third year. Had Kansas City beat in the fourth quarter, defense couldn't hold it, and even beat Pittsburgh in a playoff game the following year. Mayfield completed all but one pass, but most of his throws tonight were check downs. Maybe they're not letting him do a lot. Had a couple solid rollouts. Had a nice touchdown pass to Trey Palmer. Uh, and so it, it, the other thing about 
preseason, you see a lot of vanilla defenses. You see a lot of vanilla offenses. And Kyle Trask, when he got in, he was always in tough positions. He, uh, in, in terms of you know where, where, where their starting spots on the field, first pass he threw was a nice 23-yard completion to David Moore. But then he had a negative run, and he had a quick pass that put, you know, he was in a bad position, forced the ball into coverage on third and 19, threw a pick. All right, so I think Baker Mayfield will win the job, and uh, I, I think what will happen is you'll see Trask start the Bucks' second game, and Tampa Bay's got a new court, uh, offensive coordinator, Dave Canales. So he's supposed to open up the offense a little more as preseason goes on. No decisions in Tampa Bay as of tonight, but I will say this. Uh, I still think Baker Mayfield will win that job. Much was made of Jamison Williams for lots of reasons. He was an incredible speedster out of Bama. Lions drafted him 12th overall last year. Had a very dubious start. First, he tears his ACL, unfortunately, in the championship game. They still drafted him 12th. Didn't get on the field till late. Did okay. Uh, but now he's 18 months removed from the knee injury. And remember, he's suspended for six games. Had a bad drop tonight. But the Lions coaching staff is still praising him. Dan Campbell just wants him to grind through this. He did uh, make a nice catch on a two, uh, one-handed catch on a two-point conversion. But the knock on Jamison Williams so far is he's he's not consistent. He's got to be dependable. They need him to be a dependable downfield threat to stretch that, uh, uh, you know, stretch the defense, take the top off the defense, stretch the field. He can be that player, but he needs a lot of refinement. So there's ways to go. Now, again, you can't take a hell of a lot out of the preseason. But Cleveland's played two games, and Jim Schwartz, the head, the new defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns, all of a sudden that Browns defense has a little bit of swagger. Now, tonight, even, you know, when the starters were in, they looked pretty good against the Washington Commanders. And people are talking about Miles Garrett probably you know, possibly being a perennial candidate uh, for the defensive player of the year. Uh and, you know, I would just say this. And, and by the way, the Browns also signed a defensive tackle in the offseason. Dalvin Tomlinson gave him $57 million. What he does, he upgrades their point of attack. And so Cleveland has a very nice pass rush and a very nice pass rush rotation. And as a matter of fact, Washington felt that. They got pushed around the first drive. Their first drive, they got called for holding, surrounded a sack. All of a sudden, they're in third and 30. And the very next play, you get a safety when Darius Smith forced a holding call in the end zone. Cleveland's defense genuinely has swagger. But this is what Schwartz does. He did this in Detroit, too. Remember, he almost got into a fight with Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. This is many years ago. It was back like 2012. But the point of the matter is is that Schwartz is going to have a scheme that's designed to attack the opposing quarterback. And and Cleveland actually has the personnel to do that. And they've shown that in the preseason. So, just a, just a quick takeaway. Finally, I would say it was a relatively uninspired start to the Sean Payton tenure as the Denver Broncos head coach. Now, it ended on an up note Friday night because uh, Russell Wilson threw a 21-yard touchdown pass to Jerry Judy, but prior to that, the whole team looked like Judge Judy. I mean, they really needed to make a play, and they did, and that, you know, sort of prevented Sean Payton's debut Friday night from being completely ruined. So in the preseason, you really hope the starting units perform, and that's what matters. The Browns start, or the, check that. The Broncos' starting unit looked very lethargic. 
They looked very mistake-prone. And frankly, not much of an upgrade over last year's group if you look at the first 20 plays of the game. Up until that point, I got to tell you, Sean Payton had to be significantly disappointed. There were some tip passes. uh, There was some consistent pressure applied by Arizona. Uh, Jerry Judy looked like Judge Judy on one terrible drop he made on a third down play. And then there were a couple of missed field goals. So the Broncos couldn't cash in any points. And all of a sudden, you're saying to myself, my goodness, is this deja vu all over again, Yogi? So, I mean, obviously, Peyton wanted to send a message. He had his starters play well into the second quarter. And they'd already had four drives in the first quarter. And he made him play well into the second quarter. And, uh, you know, Peyton wants to do everything the opposite last year. He implied and stated there were certain instances that the previous staff was incompetent. Things would be different under his watch. And look, Peyton's got a resume, man. He's got a pedigree. Make no mistake about that. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl. He's had winning records. No, no one can argue with his track record. He's a Bill Parcells disciple. But Peyton's going to be under a microscope this year. He put himself under that microscope. Frankly, he was in it prior to that simply because, you know, he's Sean Peyton, and he went to the highest bidder, and make no mistake, you know what Denver had to get up to get to get uh, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? Seven draft picks, including three first-rounders and three second-rounders. They had to guarantee $161 million to Wilson. And we're, I understand Payton is slated to make somewhere around $20 million this year. So this is not uh, chump change. And obviously the expectations in Denver are going to be high. And save for that 21-yard touchdown pass, I would say the Broncos looked a little flat last night. But as I have said, and I will repeat, you don't take much away from the preseason. You take nothing away from the preseason. But you still can't ignore the fact that some of the same issues that plagued Denver presented themselves again Friday night. Uh, I guess you shouldn't have expected, maybe you didn't expect a smooth transition, but there so far has not been a smooth transition. At the same time, I would say again, I want to repeat, that when you reiterate the previous comments and the attitude that Peyton brought a couple of weeks ago, that's going to bring extra scrutiny and how the team is run and their overall performance, even in the preseason. Coming up, top of the hour, Bernie's trivia game created by Ethan. In three minutes, the phone lines will open 877-996-6369. Uh, Shea will take your calls, line them up. You know how the game works. 877-99 on Fox. We'll be taking calls. Phone lines open in three minutes. Bernie's trivia game at the top of the hour, round five. Tonight's show brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up, how much did Phil Mickelson bet? We'll break it down for you. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. All right, line them up. Don't get shut out. 877-996-6369. 877-99 on Fox. Round 5, Bernie's Trivia Game, created by Ethan. Callers are starting to line up. Do not get shut out. The game resumes at midnight. Again, 877-996-6369. Here's your chance to get in and be somebody. Billy Walter's book. It's a tell-all autobiography called Gambler, Secrets of a Life at Risk. One of the most interesting human beings you'll ever meet. He's in Vegas. He was in here for the Bet Bash this weekend. I've never met him. I've been around him. He was, his story was chronicled in 60 Minutes back in 2010. Our good buddy Bill Crackman Krackenberger. Uh, he'll be on with me next Friday night. We're going to talk about the book and talk about his dealings with uh, Billy. He's uh, got this amazing book coming out. And in his biography, he spends two chapters on Phil Mickelson and talks about the fact that Mickelson allegedly placed more than a billion dollars worth of sports bets in the last 30 years. And he's got details. Uh, from 2010 to 2014, according to the book, <laughs> this is unreal. So he bet 110000 to win 100000 That's the big 10. 1,115 times. He bet 220 to win 200, a total of 858 times. He in the year 2011, he made 3,154 bets. It's almost 10 bets every single day, and one particular day he made 43 major league bets in a single day. According to this memoir by Billy Walters, Phil Mickelson wagered a billion dollars on sports over the last three decades. Now, make no mistake, you know he's 
And, and, and I'll tell you what, I'll save that. The book went on, goes on to say that Mickelson lost nearly $100 million gambling, averaged nine bets per day, made 43 bets in a day, tried to bet the Ryder Cup he was playing in. Look, Mickelson has the money. I am not second-guessing him. It's just an, it's just interesting because when you look at a Phil Mickelson and this pristine, clean-faced image in, in, you know, obviously be beneath the exterior, there's a guy who, who likes – he's a player, right? So – it will be interesting as his story uh, un- un- unravels, and we'll we'll cover it. But if you want the tone and tenor, listen to what Rory McIlroy said, who's ever the LIV antagonist. He couldn't resist taking a shot at Phil Mickelson. He was asked at a press conference how he felt about the news. He said, quote, well, at least Mickelson can bet on the Ryder Cup this year because he won't be a part of it. Shots fired. Uh, again. Phil Mickelson may have lost $100 million, but I think he's still probably got about $900 million left over, so you're not going to get any judgment from me. Tonight's show brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously. See terms. Check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Coming up in seven minutes, we resume. Bernie's trivia game, Bernie's backyard bunking bets, round five. Season two, Poppy won season one, 877-996-6369. on Fox. Take a shot. Call in. We get our regulars. We like to get a couple new ones every week. The game will go on again through week 12. Ethan had some great prizes. You'll be asked a trivia question. If You'll have five seconds to answer. If you don't, I'll try to answer it, and then we'll be given a bet. It could be baseball. It could be World Cup. It could be preseason football. Shea will be handling that. She will be taking your calls. Again, Bernie's Backyard, Bunkin' Bets, Trivia Game. We start at midnight, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Don't get shut out. Shea will take your call, and we'll rock and roll. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com Studios. Keep it locked. It's the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Well, you heard the man. Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Fox Sports Radio. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. It's midnight Pacific on Friday night. And you know what that means. The game that Ethan created, Bernie's Backyard Bunk and Bets. Here we go, round five. And so without further ado, my man Shay, take it away. We got questions. We got prices. Are y'all ready to have some fun? Lots, lots of fun. Who will come out on top? We're calling on you. Let's see what you got. It's game time. It's showtime. <laughs> it's Bernie's Backyard Bunks and Bets. All right, Shay, I guess if I see my eyes don't deceive me, our leadoff caller tonight is our defending champ, Poppy from San Diego. Yes, it is. What's up, Poppy? Hey, what's up, guys? All right, let's How you doing, Poppy? Good, good. Beautiful day here in San Diego. And uh, I'm glad the stinky Padres won today, huh, Bernie? After losing four in a row. That's what they do, man. <laughs> they, they win one out of five, man. That's what they do. All right, Poppy. All right, let's get into it. Who was the last pitcher to throw a solo no-hitter and a home debut with an MLB team? 
Oh, I know that happened a couple of days ago. I know it's a... Did, did you say op- opening day? And a home debut. Oh, home debut. Home debut, okay. Oh, home debut. Nolan Ryan with the Rangers? So you were right. It did happen a couple days. Okay. Well, it's Michael Lorenzen, if you're talking about, I mean, right? I mean, it's- he, he, he was wrong, but he was right saying it was a couple of days. Couple of days. What, 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 what's the correct answer? It was Michael Lorenzen. You're right. You're right. Okay. All right. All right, Poppy, we move along. What's what's our bet? Uh... So the Chargers are taking on the Rams at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The points total Ooh. is set at 33. Are you taking the over or the under? Wow. That's going to be a game. I'm going to say it's going to be a low-scoring game. Let's go to under. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna agree with Poppy. I think uh, points are gonna be at a premium. A lot of the offensive starters are not gonna play, and I know the Rams want to make a statement on defense because people are picking on them. This this feels like a you know 17-13 type game, so I'll go under as well, Poppy. Uh, thanks, Bernie. Let's good luck. All right, good luck. Good luck, Poppy. Poppy, of course, our defending champ, folks. Uh, all right, Shay, we got Brandon from Hawaii next. Yes, that is correct. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Bernie, hang it in there. I hope everything's all right. Prayers to the folks in Maui. Oh, no doubt. Thank you. So who did the U.S. women's national team get eliminated by in the FIFA World Cup this year? Netherlands. I believe it was Sweden. Sweden. So the 49ers are taking on the Raiders on Sunday at 1 on uh, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The over-under on points is set at 36. What are you guys taking? I'll take the under 36. I think you're going to see offense in this game. Uh, and I think you're going to see the Raiders open it up, and I think you're going to see... But well, let's just put it this way. Short answer. I I, I think you're gonna. I'm gonna go over in this game. But good luck. Uh, good luck, Brandon. Okay. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. Okay, Shay. We got Kurt from San Clemente. Correct. That is correct. How you doing, Kurt? Hey, you guys. How's it going? It's uh, from San Clemente, little uh, Spanish village by the sea, home of champions and pros. Nicely done, Kurt. Are you running for mayor? <laughs> you got my vote. <laughs> All right, let's go, Shay. So, which U.S. women's national team player recently announced their retirement from the team? I don't know. I believe it was Megan Rapino, wasn't it? That is correct. All righty. So, the Cubs are taking on the Blue Jays today. Uh, the Cubs pitcher is Justin Steele, while the Blue Jays pitcher is Chris Bissett. The line on run scored is set at eight and a half. Are you guys taking the over or the under? I am going with the under. Well, that's a good. That's a good one. Uh, it's a noon game. Mm-hmm. You got a couple of pretty good pitchers with good ERAs. But, jeez, the Blue Jays have been hitting the hell out of the ball lately. Uh, and the total's eight and a half? 
The total is eight and a half. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the over, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not uh, crazy about it, but I'll, I'll go with the over. But good luck. Thanks, Bernie. Good luck to you too. Thank you. All right, Dave from Phoenix, who emerged mid-season in our first round, really been solid at trivia. What do you got for Dave, Shay? How you doing, Dave? All right, so we got the Carolina Panthers are playing the New York Jets later today. Which rookie QB is starting for the Panthers today? Oh, that would be um, the, the guy from Alabama. Um, oh, uh, Byron, uh, what is his name? Uh, Boy, you were so close. It's Bryce Young. From Modern High School in Alabama. Boy. Oh, you were right there, and, uh, Dave. You were right there. Mark's a good guy. He was generous before going to the buzzer. You you had it, but almost. But uh, I don't know. If, uh, can the judges allow that? He didn't have the name. We'll, we'll allow it. We'll allow it, Dave. Okay. You're the boss, Jay. We'll allow it. Uh, the boss. So, we're going to go with that same game for the bet. The over-under for points is set at 37. What are you guys taking? Again, it's the Panthers versus the Jets. Oh, 37. That's, yeah. I'll take the under. That's a good call, Dave. I can tell you there's history there. For whatever reason, in the history of preseason games, in the last 10 years, whenever the total is 37, the games have gone under 61% of the time. Those are just the facts. All right, I'm going to go with the under two, Dave. Bernie, I got a question. You know a lot of people there in Vegas. Do you know a guy who hosted a lot of sports gambling shows named John Kelly? I don't know that name. I don't know that name. What? He did it for a lot of years. I'm not sure where he is now, if he's still doing was, it or Was not. it before 2010? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, I think he did maybe at the Stardust for a while and then a couple other oh. places. Well, the Stardust line was famous in the early 90s. But, uh, yeah, not since I've lived here in 2010 have I heard of him. Well, thanks for checking in, buddy. Yep, yep. All right, we got Nathan calling in from Orlando. Nathan. How you doing, Nathan? I am well. Good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. All right, what do we got, Shay? So, after the conclusion of the 2023 Women's FIFA World Cup, when will the next Women's FIFA World Cup take place? Uh, 2027. Outstanding. Nicely job. And I believe it'll be in South Africa. Cape Town, South Africa. But yeah, good job. 2027. So England is taking on Colombia in the Women's FIFA World Cup later today at 3.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The over-under on goal scored is one and a half. Are you guys taking the over or the under in this game? Uh, I'm... I'm going under. I'm going to go over. I think New. I think England. I almost said New England. Old England. I think Old England beats them two nothing. We lost Nick. Uh, huh? Thank you, Bernie. All right, thanks, Nathan. Good job. All right, nice job tonight, Shay. And uh, good luck to all uh, the callers. And I know uh, Shay did a great job sitting in for Ethan. Ethan uh, will have the standings, I guess, next week. When, when does Ethan return, Shay? Can you uh, enlighten us on that? So he is actually at the airport right now. Um, he'll be back tomorrow night. He'll be back in the States. But he'll hopefully have the results up by Wednesday. 
Okay, great. So uh, good job in his stead. Uh, good job, Mark. And the game the game rolls on. And just making sure there are no no more straggler callers. Want to make sure no one gets shut out here. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no one. We we lost we lost Nick. Okay, all good. Appreciate everybody checking in. And, of course, next uh, Friday at midnight, we'll be back for round six. Hopefully, Ethan uh, will have the standings this week because I know people like to see those. So he'll have a couple weeks to catch up on. Uh, Shay, good job, buddy. We are off and running. Coming up, there was a little Netflix documentary on Johnny Manziel. I want to weigh in. I thought it was very compelling, and I have some serious thoughts on that. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. I want to remind... Everybody, the Tyrac sweepstakes continue. Our second grand winner will be drawn Sunday to win a set of four brand new tires in the summer of Tyrac sweepstakes. And of course, the third winner will be picked on August 27th to win a set of four tires plus installation taxes and fees valued up to $1,500. Enter daily at foxsportsradio.com every single day. You get a fresh new entry, an additional shot to win. It's free to register. You also get bonus entries into the sweepstakes by following Fox Sports Radio on social media and by following the Fox Sports Radio channel in the iHeart app. To enter and get rules, visit FoxSportsRadio.com, sponsored by TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Johnny Football, you'll never forget that name. The truth of the matter is the untold Johnny Football on Netflix, which debuted Tuesday. I watched it day one. Ultimately, it chronicles what Johnny Manziel's legacy is. Ten years ago isn't that long ago. And when you consider the changes that have happened in college football since then with name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal, it leaves you wondering what Manziel's career would look like if he were playing today. And Manziel, I believe, is actually owed a debt from a lot of kids who aren't too familiar with his story. They were eight years old when Johnny was playing. They're 18 now, but they're benefiting from a wave that I think started with Johnny. And I think Johnny was a big part of that momentum because of the electricity, the celebrity, and it kind of laid bare the hypocrisy. It's a great documentary, lots of F-bombs, lots of football. It's very much worth the watch. But it's a cautionary tale. It's an expose. I took real interest in Johnny Manziel because of what he did. And as luck would have it, Johnny Manziel, when drafted by Cleveland, played his first ever professional game granted it was an exhibition game it was a preseason game in Detroit versus Alliance so I make my way back to Michigan three times a year for my fix anyway so I said I'm, I'm going I got my credential I went I saw Johnny Manziel in person his first preseason game ever in Detroit he was 7-11 7-4-11 that night through the air 65 yards rushed for 27 yards uh, he showed exceptional athleticism uh, body control, command of the position. Johnny Manziel could have played in the NFL. Not a doubt in my mind. The problem is Johnny Manziel in his entire life had never been subject to structure. He walked on water at Tyvee High School. He owned the campus. And when he got to Texas A&M, 
They lost their first game to Florida because Kirk, uh, Cliff Kingsbury had actually you know, implemented some structure in the offense. And Johnny Manziel's not about structure. He said it himself, and I'm not giving anything away in, in the documentary. He said, hey, I played quarterbacks, real simple. I played backyard street football. Don't let them tackle you and just find the open man. Don't let them tackle you and find the open man. That doesn't work in the National Football League. <laughs> you, you've got to study your playbook. It's synchronization. It's synchronized swimming times 20. So what happens? It's a story as old as time. A young man with all the talent in the world takes him to a place where his character can't keep him. His behavior was enabled. Even after game one when, when Texas A&M lost to Florida and then they started to go nuts, I believe Kingsbury said, I wish I'd have just let him go game one. You can't do that in the NFL. Johnny Manziel didn't like the NFL. You got to be on time to meetings. You got itineraries. You got practice. You got work. You got to study the playbook. You got to log time on your laptop, which he didn't do any of that, his, his tablet. It's all chronicled there. It's a quick rise, and it's a quick fall. And it shows, frankly, the shelf life of an athlete is can be very short. And really... This is almost like a one-act play. And the reason I'm talking about this is I don't know anybody who's neutral on Johnny Manziel. And that's part of, maybe that's part of his magnetism. It's part of his charm. Uh, we will talk to Crackman next Friday night. He had dinner with him once. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that Johnny was ahead of his time. It's too bad he was bored 10 years later. He'd fit right in now. Uh, Johnny was a phenomenon. I mean, he was he was a pop culture celebrity at 19 years old. He went in. He, he goes into Alabama and beats Nick Saban in, in, in 2012. Johnny Football basically became a, a a household name. They chronicle all the highlights and then they chronicle all the lowlights. And it starts with his high school career. And he says a lot of funny things and he comports himself well. And he's a kind of a natural in front of the camera, but. If you ever saw the movie Friday Night Lights in the book uh, by Bissinger uh, back in the, you know, 20 years ago, it's phenomenal. This this very much had a Friday Night Lights feel. He started out in Kerrville, Texas, and there's a montage, and it shows Manziel, and he kind of owns the town. He, he literally does. And he's not recruited by Texas. And I, I think that, that might have pissed him off a little. So he goes to Texas A&M, and he, it was very late in the, in the process where he, he got his scholarship, right? But then he, you know, he redshirts his freshman year at Texas A&M. They don't go into that much at all. But he starts as a sophomore, and it was the 12, 2012 season. And that's when the highlights started to really come to fruition, uh, he was a redshirt freshman. He took the entire country, certainly the SEC, but the entire country by storm. Wins a Heisman Trophy that year. Throws for 3,800 yards. Rushes for 1,400 yards. Accounts for 47 total touchdowns. And again, Cliff Kingsbury was his his offensive coordinator, and he's he's good in the documentary too. And he talks about the backstory when Johnny Manziel put on the Scooby Doo costume one night. And you know he, he liked to have his fun. But it reaches a pinnacle on November 10th when they beat Alabama 29-24 at Bama. Bama was number one. I think he shocked Nick Saban, and that's when the birth of the Johnny football legend rose to its highest height. And after that, everything was a blur.
He was. A, I, I'm not going to say he was a one-hit wonder, but then he won the Heisman Trophy, and we haven't seen anything like Johnny Manziel since, and we may we, we may never again, frankly. But then, you know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. As Manziel's fame grew, well, his exploits off the field, including a battle with the NCAA, and he had a bunch of viral moments, a laundry list of peccadillos, and finally, his agent, who was very compelling in the documentary, manages to work Manziel into the conversation and Cleveland drafts him toward the end of the first round, even after doing the unthinkable right before right before his pro day, right before the combine. And I won't, I won't, uh, I won't, that, that'd be a spoiler alert if I gave you that, that you got to watch it. And the documentary really reaches some dark places as Mansell descends and spirals downward. Clearly his substance abuse not only affected his ability to play football, but it really affected his relationship with his father and his agent, Eric Burkhart. And, and through it all, where you give, where, where, where the reason this documentary pops so well is Johnny Manziel was very candid. He didn't hide or run for any, from anything. He, he admitted everything. He was, I wouldn't say he was contrite, but he was certainly authentic. And I, it's my understanding. Uh, and by the way, you know, this is a very invasive, it was a very invasive documentary. They went deep into the weeds. They went deep into Johnny Manziel's past. They talked to his friends, his best friend from high school, who's a key player in this. And I won't be a spoiler alert there. But it's my understanding, Johnny Manziel, in order to create this documentary, would, I think it's about 75 minutes, I'm guessing, they, he had to sit in an interview chair for 20 hours. And um, he's 30 years old now, but he still kind of maintains that youth in terms of his swagger and he went into an extremely dark place by now you've seen it in all the headlines even attempted suicide very compelling very heart-wrenching he was spiraling downward he decided he was going to have one last five million dollar bender by his own admission and he spent months in just debauchery and he had bought a gun for the purpose of using it and the day he went to use it, he said, for reasons he can't explain, it just clicked and didn't go off. But it was something that had been planned for a long time. Now, it's a little vague as to what Johnny's doing now. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, I think he's just hanging out. I think he's in a better place mentally than he was. But I don't know what he, what he's, you know, what his obligations are when he gets up day to day or what he does. But it's the kind of documentary, it's the kind of compelling expose journalistic documentary that tells a true story with a message. And I, again, I, I think there are, there are a lot of folks here that shorts aren't clean because even though he brought great success to Texas A&M at what cost and what cost this young man, he was not enabled. He was not prepared to go into the NFL. He didn't want structure. He was a freelancer all the way. I can only say I highly recommend it. I, I liked Johnny Manziel. I'll always remember his first preseason game in Detroit. And I'll tell you this. I don't know. I feel like the story's not done. I, I want to know what the rest of his life brings because he's got his whole life ahead of you, even though it seems like he's lived a long life already. So we'll see what is what for the future. 
Coming up. You heard Shay talk about it in our trivia game. What a debut for Michael Lorenzen. Let's tell you this story you don't know. But first, let's go back to our guy, Kevin Figures, with the latest. All right, Bernie, got a couple of quarterfinals at the Women's World Cup on tap this morning on Fox. Right now, they are in the 29th minute. Australia and France are currently scoreless. This game will be followed by England and Colombia. That game will kick off around 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. Friday night, Major League Baseball, Dodgers defeating Colorado 6-1. That's their sixth straight victory. John Gray pitched seven scoreless innings for the Rangers. They defeated San Francisco 2-1. Luis Castillo struck out eight for the Red Hot Mariners. They beat Baltimore 9-2, eight straight wins there for Seattle. Padres snapping a four-game skid with a 10-5 victory in Arizona. Diamondbacks have lost nine games in a row. Chris Sale made his first start since June. Early June, that is. Struck out seven for Boston. They beat Detroit 5-2. Austin Riley, three hits, including a home run for Atlanta. They drubbed the Mets 7-0. In golf at the PGA event at St. Jude, Lucas Glover, a one-stroke lead over Jordan Spieth, while Roy McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler are three strokes back at the Live Invitational in New Jersey. Cameron Smith, a two stroke lead over Dustin Johnson. All right, back to Bernie Fratto. Kevin, did you get a chance to see the Manziel documentary on Netflix? I have not, unfortunately, but I but I certainly want to. It seems very uh, very interesting. Okay, good. You you do intend to see it then, right? Absolutely. When you, when you get a chance? 100%. Yes. And and I know what what were your thoughts on Manziel when that whole thing was happening? Well, it was really unfortunate. You know, someone who had everything. Yeah, I remember the the upset victory when Texas A&M rolled in and just destroyed Alabama and came back that second year. Didn't play as well, but still had a great season. Had all the talent in the world, but just lacked the work ethic. And the sad thing is that someone who can be as productive of his player as he was in the college level, if he just put a modicum of work in at the NFL level, could have had himself a good career. But I think it's just kind of a... It's just kind of a story that it goes back to the, the scouting and research and knowing who you're drafting at that point in time if you're Cleveland and being able to check into someone's background and knowing exactly who you're getting and not falling in love with the narrative, actually getting to know the player before you draft him. So I, I do think it's just one of those cautionary tales. Yeah, he, he just wasn't built for structure. Everything was improvisational. He very candidly admits it early on. Give me the ball. Don't let him tackle me. Find the open man. That's why he'd run around like a whirling dervish and then find the open receiver. He did some crazy things. So but that doesn't play in the NFL. you got to play within the framework of an offense. All right. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Yep. All right. You talk about a debut. Michael Lorenzen, his first home start as a Philly was one no one's going to ever forget. He had just been acquired from the Tigers eight days earlier on August 1st. He makes his home debut in Philadelphia against the Nationals. Pitches the 14th no-hitter in franchise history, 27 outs, and it wasn't really that easy. And I'm glad they kept him in. Dave Roberts probably would have pulled him, or maybe the management would have made him pull him, or or the genius in in the analytics guy with the computer who never wore a jock would have pulled him. But Lorenzen struck out five, walked four, and he threw a career-high 124 pitches. So Lorenzen earned it. Well, the pitch count is probably the most notable thing because it's the highest pitch count of any pitcher and any start this entire Major League season, going back to opening day. As a matter of fact, since the start of the 2020 season, there are only 11 players in the last four years that have thrown at least 120 pitches in a game. Simple. Pitchers normally don't go deep into games anymore. But the Phillies showed faith in Lorenzen to get it done. And by the way, very quietly, I think Ethan's Phillies 
are, might make some real noise in the playoffs this year. Just keep, you know, just hold that thought for later. Now, here's a, another reason why the pitch count was especially, not, especially uh, notable for uh, Michael Lorenzen, because his previous career high was 107. And he that was during a five-inning outing in his rookie year with the Reds eight years ago. Lorenzen has had a dubious career in the major in, in the major leagues, right? That season, he posted an ERA of almost six. He had 21 starts, and then he ended up getting moved to the bullpen. Lorenzen has basically been a reliever his final six seasons in Cincinnati before the Angels got him last year, gave him a chance to start. He was average last year, started 18 games, had an ERA of well over four, but took a big step this year toward the season, you know, in terms of his improvement. He's actually named the All-Star team for the first time. As a matter of fact, another footnote, Michael Lorenzen is the only All-Star to get traded this year. Now he's got a 3.2 ERA. He's got a great whip in 20 starts. And guess what? At the end of the year, Michael Lorenzen's a, a free agent. He's a free agent. And this has been kind of a life-changing season for Lorenzen because now he's proven he's he's capable of being a reliable big league starter and he should command maybe the biggest contract of his career. So regardless of what happens after the season, the other night will likely be the all-time high point of Lorenzen's career because if you've watched Nolan Ryan's no-hitters, which Michael Lorenzen actually went back on tape and watched every one of Nolan Ryan's no-hitters. He said he always wanted to throw a no-hitter. And a matter of fact, in the post-game interview on the Phillies broadcast, his mom was there, his wife was there, and they hung on every pitch. And then uh, here's a trivia question. Dominic Smith made the last out. He popped out to center field. But again, wasn't easy. He only struck out five, walked four, threw 124 career pitches. And right now, Michael Lorenzen might be uh, what I consider the story of the year in Major League Baseball. We shall see. Another story that might be a story of the year, a historic defeat for the women's soccer team. We have to revisit that. I'd be remiss if I didn't. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey, back on the Bernie Fratto Show, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios, Fox Sports Radio, here in Las Vegas. Take you up to 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. want to remind everybody, tonight's show brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms. Check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. All right. Tell her about the shouting. The U.S. women's team run of World Cup dominance is over, at least for now. No team has ever three-peated, which I said. Brazil men, 56, 60, 68, three out of four. Maybe they can return in 2027 and reclaim their crown. But after finishing no lower than third in each of the first eight tournaments in the history of Women's World Cup, because they've only been doing it since 91, they were bounced in the round of 16 in their penalty shootout against Sweden. I was on the air uh, for the first half. I stayed up. I watched it. And then uh, as uh, as Mike Carmen and Dan Byer signed on, they did a great job of giving some context. This was shocking to a lot of people. And, and, and not shocking that they could lose this year. I kind of half expected it. But it was shocking in the context of history. Because they played relatively poorly in, in, during the entire stage. And, 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 and they were kind of borderline. And... Actually, they played fairly well against Sweden, but this team is extremely offensively challenged. There's just no question about it, right? And I think, ironically, the U.S. played their best game in the World Cup against Sweden because in their group stage, they were fairly lackluster, right? But Sweden's an elite opponent, and you can make a case that the U.S. outplayed them the the entire 120 minutes. As a matter of fact, uh, I would say, other than their goalie, Zakira Musevic, as that's how Sweden's goalie is. She had the game of her life. She made 11 saves. The game was scoreless even after extra time, and here comes the shootout. And that's the part that was really brutal. Megan Rapino had been reliable in the past on penalty shots. Center attempt over the bar. As my buddy Jay Ship said, it landed in the concession stand. I'm pretty sure it landed in someone's beer. And then... Sweden's deciding goal, what do they say? Football's a game of inches? Well, this is a game of centimeters because they had to measure it. I think it was a millimeter that was completely imperceptible by the naked eye. Sweden walks off with a victory. Tears for the United States. What went wrong? It boils down to the team's poor showing in the group stage. You beat Vietnam, whoop-de-damn-do, 3-0. You could tell then they looked a little more abundant but managed only to draw against Netherlands and Portugal. So you finish second in the group behind the Dutch. So that's the problem. That second-place finish set up a challenging first knockout stage game against Sweden 
rather than, say, South Africa, a team they could have beaten. Now, I'm not going to imply there's any games in the World Cup that are easy or that they are automatic, but winning the group would have made the path to the finals much smoother for the Americans. So now people are left to ask why. Why did the U.S. struggle in the group stage? That's the issue the team needs to solve moving forward. Their coach, Vlado, uh, Vlatko Andonovsky, he's drawing a lot of criticism. I don't know if he'll keep his job. I don't call for people's jobs. But if I were him, I wouldn't get too comfortable. He's being criticized for his conservative approach during the early games of the tournament. But he actually took a chance against Sweden, and it paid off. Coach made a very unexpected move. Because this is a guy that's typically very conservative, Andonovsky. He started a young lady by the name of Emily Sonnet, inserted her into the midfield, and he created a double pivot with Andy Sullivan. What did that do? That shift allowed Lindsey Horan to charge into the attack. Lindsey Horan, of course, you remember, scored that brilliant goal to tie Netherlands off a phenomenal corner kick from Rose Lavelle, who couldn't play against Sweden because she had two yellow cards. And I knew that was going to be a problem right then and there because they needed Lavelle's speed, her tenacity, and her experience. Well, Andonovsky knew that going in. He had to change his lineup. So he starts Emily Sonnet in the midfield, creates a double pivot with Andy Sullivan. That allows Lindsey Horan to be an attacker. And then that also enabled their outside backs, Crystal Dunn and Emily Fox, to spring forward on the flanks. All of a sudden, you saw a pretty decent offense formed. They couldn't finish. They couldn't put it in the net. But connecting in the midfield and building up through the lines, their attack was humming. It, sh- it was showing life, more life than it had shown in the prior three games. And ironically, it was against a, an elite team, Sweden, who's maybe on the short list to win this whole thing. They're still alive. So all of a sudden, the squad, they're creating all kinds of dangerous chances, which they hadn't been doing earlier in the tournament. you got to credit Coach Andonovsky for that. But there's one thing that eluded the United States, and that's the thing that plagued the team all tournament, finishing. So you will see more critics rag on the coach because for that reason even though coach Andonovsky made you know this move which was unexpected but very clever and very tactical it's now being sort of characterized well he did it but it was too little too late still an early exit from the world cup where I think a lot of folks believe this team just had a god-given right to get to the finals you combine that with the disappointing third-place finish at the Olympics two years ago, that's where it starts to stack up, and it could mean that Andonovsky's time in charge could be over. Now, I get it. Part of the narrative is that there's been lots of reports that the World Cup has an increased quality of competition, that companies around, com- companies, excuse me, countries around the world are now making this incredible investment. Their development programs are, are far more superior than they have. They're attracting better athletes. They're getting better resources, better training. And maybe they've caught up. I don't, I don't really know. We'll, we'll, I think we'll see. I can tell you that 
I didn't expect I did not expect the US team to win it, but I didn't know that they'd go out this soon before the tournament. As the tournament went on, uh you could clearly see that they they were having issues. So where do they go from here? And I don't mean home dinner, maybe a show. Because you follow up with third place finish at the Olympics and the early extra from the World Cup. And the fact that their history against Sweden hasn't necessarily been great. So, again, other countries have improved their women's programs. But the reality is the Americans can reclaim their, can reclaim their status as the dominant team in the world. But they still got to do it. It's not going to be easy. Megan Rapinoe retired, but frankly, I'm not sure why she was on the team this last year. I don't think Andonovsky needed to keep her, and she was worthless, notwithstanding her earlier performances in previous World Cups, which very much contributed. Pretty clear to me that Alex Morgan's lost a yard off her fastball. She didn't score a single goal in the entire tournament. Um, but again, her legacy's secure. So does she come back at age 38? Is she a fixture on the team? I don't know. I don't know. I think she wants to. But if the Americans are going to reclaim their status as a dominant team, you've got to have a succession plan. Now, because they have been so dominant, and this is true with national teams in many sports, in many countries, they inevitably go through up and down cycles. And you had to know that this was a transitional year for the U.S. women's national team. When you consider that several players from the last World Cup not only aged out of their prime, there were also multiple injuries at key positions. But we were told that this new generation of stars had arrived, and you started to recognize their names. Sophie Smith, Trinity Rodman, Alyssa Thompson. They're going to be the ones called on to carry the team into the future. They played hard, but the inexperience showed. Clearly, the pressure on the world stage might have been a little too much for them. So, they were crushed this time. Will they be motivated for revenge next time? I still say the Mia Hamm, Brandy Chastain, Julie Foudy, that team uh, was what I consider to be the gold standard to this day. They're still having impact on the game. You saw Carly Lloyd's commentary. I thought it was succinct. I thought it was honest. I thought it was direct. It wasn't well received. That's a shame because she spoke truth. And rather than give speeches, all the U.S. team had to do was prove it on the field, which unfortunately they weren't able to do. And uh, when they write the history books, you can say the dominance is over in 2023. Will it resume in 2027? I guess we'll find out, and it'll get here sooner than you think. The future always arrives at a schedule. Coming up, Hard Knocks Episode 1 is in the books. We got motivational stories and Aaron Rodgers' love fest and much, much more. I'll break it down, and we'll have a little fun. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com Studios. Keep it locked. It's the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. That's right. You heard the man. Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Fox Sports Radio. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com. The way 
tire buying should be. I want to remind everybody that the Tire Rack sweepstakes continue. Our second grand winner will be drawn Sunday to win a set of four brand new tires in the summer of Tire Rack sweepstakes. And good news, uh, our third winner will be picked on August 27th to win a set of four tires plus installation taxes and fees all valued at up to $1,500 in our daily at foxsportsradio.com. Every single day, you get a fresh new entry and an additional shot to win, and it's free to register. You also get bonus entries into the sweepstakes by following Fox Sports Radio on social media and by following the Fox Sports Radio channel in the iHeart app. To get to enter and get rules, visit foxsportsradio.com, sponsored by tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, the first... I think fairly well anticipated Hard Knocks Episode 1 is in the books. And it started with the Robert Sala motivational story about how the crow lands on the on the back of the eagle and pecks and pecks away and then the eagle flies so high that the crow can't breathe and finally he just falls away and you get the picture, right? And Sala's got like kind of a laid back approach and I guess the Jets are going to organically uh, they're going to organically let this season unfold they're, 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 they're not giving a lot of speeches right like I mean a lot of teams I mean, every other day Justin Fields got to give a speech and Jordan Love's got to give a speech and how good we're going to just play the games okay I remember uh, so it, it made me want to tell a story because I heard a story once about how you know the forceful approach doesn't work right story about the wind and the sun they were looking down on this man who had an overcoat sitting on a bench and the wind and the sun had an argument they decided to have a bet who they could who could get the old man to take his coat off so the wind blew and blew and blew as hard as it could and blew as harder and blew harder and every time it blew harder the young the old man just he pulled the coat tighter but the sun just got progressively slowly warmer and warmer and warmer very deliberately very slowly warmer and warmer and finally it was so warm the man just took the coat off and i get the feeling that the the jets are trying to we got this let's be let's be cool here let's just let it happen and and i'm listen i'm rooting for the jets to do well i have no skin in the game but look it's been 55 years since the jets won super bowl 3 which is one of the legendary games of all time it's solidified it solidified the merger between the AFL and the NFL. And they've never been close to winning their second title. And they did it at 17-point underdogs and did it with Joe Namath, which is, by the way, how they've started. So all eyes are on the stars of the team, right? Aaron Rodgers. Hard Knocks premiered. I was looking forward to it. I watched it. There was actually a little bit of excitement in the air. All of a sudden, you see Rodgers walking out of the practice field. If you don't believe they're not, they're milking this for all it's worth, the HBO people. It took a full. They followed him for one full minute of Aaron Rodgers just walking on the field, letting all the fans soak it in. It's reality now. Here we are. You got this young, talented group on both sides of the ball, and now you've got the missing link, a future Hall of Famer, at the helm. It was, it was cinematic. A full minute, him just walking on the field. And then when they asked what Rodgers brings to the Jets, there was one particular scene, Tuesday night's episode, Robert Sala, and I, I believe he was very sincere 
when he said this. I, I don't think this was rehearsed. I don't think this was contrived. He just basically simply said, I think he's obviously the best quarterback I've ever had on a team. That's fair. Rodgers is going to the Hall of Fame. He's a three-time MVP, okay? But there's pressure now. There's pressure on this team to win. Rodgers is the key piece. He's an important piece. He's the apex. But it will take a complete unit to get to the top. As important as quarterback is, as thin as that position is in all the sports where very few people can do it well, it's the most dependent of any position on the field. The quarterback needs the rest of the symphony to be singing along on key. The roster, I, if I'm being honest, I think this roster is in pretty good shape. You got a couple of stud standout second-year players, Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. Come on, just watching those two go after each other respectfully. A healthy respect. These guys are elite athletes, man. These guys are big-time players. And they came right out of the gate, out of college, stepped, down to the, stepped into the National Football League, and they were productive right away. And, you know, iron sharpens iron. And so when Wilson and Gardner, when they get to, you know, one, I, one won the Offensive Rookie of the Year award, and the other won the Defensive Rookie of the Year the award, respectively, when those two battle it out, it's pretty good. It's pretty good TV. And their, their banter's okay, but you just marvel at how, how, how truly good they are. And then, of course, you can't tell the story without including third-year quarterback Zach Wilson. He was once a rookie thrown into the fire. He wasn't ready for it. He clearly was not going to be able to take the face of being the franchise. And Wilson, I think, admitted in Tuesday's show that it wasn't really fun the last couple years, and he was not capable of playing that role. As a matter of fact, they quoted him. He said, honestly, things kind of felt they were maybe getting a little worse each week and confidence was going down, so not always fun. Yeah, we know. But now Zach Wilson has embraced his role as a backup quarterback with Rodgers. And Robert Sala admitted as much. And hard knocks, you know, we got to watch Rodgers mentoring Wilson and other players, and it didn't seem contrived. I think Aaron Rodgers is in a comfort zone like he's never been in his entire life. I don't think he got the respect in high school, was not recruited, went to Butte Junior College, went to Cal, toiled behind Brett Favre for years, never really felt he got the respect. The dude's got a not a chip on his shoulder. He's got a, 10 boulders on his shoulder. But now he seems really content. And when you watch him mentor other players and talk, and Rodgers is a bright man. He just Maybe he isn't misunderstood, but I think he's just angry that he always felt he had to do twice as much to get half as much respect. Now, he didn't play in the Hall of Fame game, obviously, against Cleveland, but he was engaged, and he seemed genuinely engaged on the spot on the sideline. He even asked for a headset, and he was relaying tips to Zach Wilson. He was even he even mentioned he called for Wilson to connect with Malik Taylor right before the snap, and sure enough, this made for great TV. The next play, Wilson hits Malik Taylor for the longest play of the game, a 57-yard reception. It showed off uh, you know, it showed off the, the arm strength that Zach Wilson does have. He clearly has arm talent. If you talk to the people who saw him at his pro day in the combine, he was make, he was turning heads, okay? But he's not mature enough to handle the role and take all the things that came along with it. So one of the reasons you bring Rodgers on your team, in addition to hopefully winning a Super Bowl, was to try to position and prepare 
for Zach Wilson to be the successor maybe two years away. I don't know, maybe three years away. I don't know if Rodgers will play three more years. And that would mean it would take Zach Wilson four or five years to really – but that happened to Steve Young in Tampa Bay. He was none the worse for wear. Can you imagine if Young with his skill set was playing in today's game? So all in all, listen, I'm here for it. There's still four more episodes. This is the 18th season of Hard Knock. One of the best analogies – uh, I, I really got a kick out of it. I made fun of it a minute ago, but he says, you know, the only bird in the world that will attack an eagle is a crow. It's a crow. There'll be a whole lot of crows expecting us to fall on our face. That actually kind of resonated. It, it made sense. And I, I, I like Robert Sala, and I know he's from uh, Dearborn, Michigan, Dearborn Fortune High, I believe. It's a very proud uh, school. They, they play hard-nosed football there. They actually won a state championship back in 93. I think Robert Sala was too young to be on that team. But Robert Sala understands the essence of football, and I think you've got a really good blend there in Green Bay. And I, w- I was kind of impressed watching Nathaniel Hackett, too. He got, got a kick out of him. And even Liv Schreiber, the 55-year-old Liv Schreiber. I didn't know he played cornerback at Brooklyn Tech. Voice of God, right? Um, I got a kick of how McCole Hardman, he's a newcomer to the team, he talks to Rodgers mid-practice about, hey, Aaron, I watched you since I was seven years old. Now, if I'm doing the math correctly here, that means when Hardman was seven, he was watching Rodgers as a Packer rookie and 10 years old when Rodgers became a starter, and now they're on the same team. That's, that's kind of wild when you think about it, right? Now, from what we've learned so far about the defense, they're having to do a lot of push-ups because Rodgers is lighting them up in drills. You know how that, that goes. You get beat, you do push-ups. I bet the Jets defensive players aren't thrilled about the push-ups, but I guess they're happy to do them because they know they got Rodgers on the team. And and another nice touch, you got to see Sauce Gardner's graduation from the University of Cincinnati, and even with Nick Van Exel there. I'm surprised that Van Exel didn't say, hey, man, Cancun, Cancun, but, nah, well, I digress. But they had a nice little chat between the two of them, and Van Exel certainly, certainly showed a lot of awareness. And I think, listen, that's hashtag respect, okay? Sauce Gardner, who's a Detroit kid, Ahmad Gardner, he fulfilled his promise to his mom to finish his degree. She wanted him to earn that. You have to respect when players go back to school. And I love that Gardner got it done. He didn't waste time. He got it done right after his rookie year. You got to get the man and put some respect on his name. Now, the most dramatic entrance, of course, the cameo, I don't believe ever that the share narrator, the narrator of the show, the voice of God, Liv Schreiber, has ever been on on camera. And he lands via helicopter, said it wasn't his idea. That was kind of badass, though. Then he narrates his own landing, meets up with Rogers, who seems to really fanboy over Liv Schreiber, calling him the voice of God, not one time, but multiple times. And then, of course, Liv Schreiber breaks right into, I'm just trying to keep up with John Facenda who's the all-time voice of NFL films. Unreal. That's the voice you hear, that deep voice you've heard forever. Uh, I thought that was a nice touch. I got I got, I got a kick out of that as, as well. And then, of course, uh, the Hall of Fame game. You saw the guys on the sideline. He even had a little – Darrell Revis had a little camera time. He'd been, you know, enshrined into the Hall of Fame over the weekend. He went up to meet Sauce Gardner. Uh, Rogers ends up standing next to Gardner at one point during the ceremony and mentions, you know what, you could be, you could end up being inducted one day. And Sauce Gardner looks at him and says, yeah, man, it's be a long time. I'm going to play, I'm going to play in this league 40 years. <laughs> and Rogers, he's trying to think of a clever line to say, and he just finally says, uh, that's, that's a long time. That's a long time. 
So look, the Jets are a great story. I'm looking forward to episode two of Hard Knocks, and of course, uh, they showed the loss against Cleveland, and we'll uh, we'll see what what next episode uh, holds on, on on Tuesday night. And and again, I I'm a fan of the franchise. I enjoy it, and perhaps it's just it signifies we're close to another real football season starting, and I think it's tremendous uh, and enjoyable. And look, we we all know that reality TV is basically anything but reality. And a lot of this is, is, is scripted, and a lot of this is orchestrated and pre-programmed. But for the most part, uh, it does still seem authentic, right? There was a hell of a lot of, man, we got Rodgers, and the love fest got to be just a little much, but I think those guys are genuinely happy. Because when you see Rodgers dropping it in the bucket 55 yards away and incredible accuracy and confidence and experience, he, you know, he, wa- he talks the talk, but he walks the walk. And they haven't seen a guy like that. And that does get you excited. There are transcendent players, and I tell you, this is a, this has a chance to be an incredible renaissance for Aaron Rodgers when you consider the last three years how he's been portrayed. A lot of it through his own doing. He's his shorts aren't clean either. He hasn't been perfect. And the truth of the matter is, he hasn't had a hell of a lot of success in Green Bay the last three years, has he? And people question whether he was old, and they go out and draft Jordan Love, and you know the whole story. But this is a fresh start. And we're all watching. And I think Hard Knocks provides that insight that might just be a little bit cutting between the layers and getting a little into the weeds. Let's see what the next four episodes look like, and we'll I'll have kind of a synopsis on each one. But coming up, we'll bring in the crew. We'll bring in Kevin and Shay, get their thoughts on Hard Knocks just in general and if they saw the first episode and what their thoughts are and what the thoughts are on the Jets in in general. By the way, I want to remind everybody, tonight's show brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio. Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Now we're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Take you up to 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. Talking hard knocks. Just a couple quickies before we get to Kevin and Shay. I got to admit, Robert Sala's speech about crows and stories and eagles and crows and flying high was okay, but if you notice, the team didn't exactly look enthused they weren't amped up they looked a little they had kind of a weird look on their face and i gotta tell you the f-bombs coming out of robert Sala's mouth they don't roll off the tongue like they did with bill o'brien I, they just don't and it looked very unnatural and by the way all due respect to ed sheeran uh we're showing this training camp montage set to ed sheeran shivers in the background okay i i didn't get that but that's just me Kevin, did you watch the first episode of Hard Knocks? I have not had a chance to watch the first episode yet, unfortunately. But uh, just like the Manziel documentary, it is on my list. So, have you heard? Have you talked to anybody about it? And what's your general? So, what is your general thought about Hard Knocks, and more specifically, the New York Jets this year, anyway? Well, Hard Knocks in general, I kind of felt over the last few years, it's it's been kind of just homogenized, for lack of a better term. It's true. A, you know, you'll find a true undrafted rookie guy to follow around. Here's the backup quarterback and his wife cooking a meal. 
here's a guy that has a truck and a side hustle. It's the same thing, <laughs> you know? And I'm not yeah. trying, I know, look, I know they're trying their best to try to give you some backstory and not recycle some of the same narratives that we already know about the certain same players, but I feel like they've kind of reached their limit in things that they can possibly do in following and chronicling a team. So, look, now, look, Bernie, I've still watched. I still watch pretty much every season, uh, but I do think, uh, I don't know what they can do to spice it up a little bit. I do like the regular season version that they've done the last couple of years and then following up the Amazon Prime All or Nothing series that they had a couple of years ago uh, because then there's a storyline to follow throughout the entire season and there's some, you know there's actually building towards something. So I do like the regular season version but the preseason version for me is kind of passe at this point. I agree. Homogenized is the operative word. Good, good observation. And of course uh, the, we will not see uh, people getting cut anymore which yeah. was always compelling and you know, you don't want to see people lose their job, but oftentimes those guys end up on other teams' rosters, and that was always really – that was pretty compelling TV. All right, uh, Shay, did you watch Hard Knocks? I did watch it, yeah. Your thoughts? So, I mean, I liked it. Um, I'm I'm a fan of Hard Knocks. I've watched every season, basically. Uh-huh. Something I didn't like about the episode, though, is there wasn't a lot of um, clips from the actual practice facility. I think, like, other than from, like, that one position group meeting, from, like, the group meeting rooms, but, like, most of it was just from the game in Canton and from the practice field. And that's one of the things I like the most because you see these random conversations going on or just the small little um, interactions that happen like within the practice facility or just while they're watching film or something like that like the comedic relief almost that comes with it is something that I really like but no, I thought it was really cool I mean the Robert Sala speech was great I was actually watching it during the Jason Smith show and all I could hear him scream was Rogers Rogers for the last like, four <laughs> hours so I mean yeah. yeah I do have some hate for them just because that's in the back of my head 24-7, but it was cool. I mean, it was a great episode. No, it's good observation. I think we'd all like to see them get into the weeds a little more. You did have the one meeting uh, with the defensive coordinator, and she said, all right, well, you're, do your job, do your job. No, that's for the rest of the F and NFL. Ours is do your job and a little more. Okay. I, I do like those conversations uh, that that are high level, that that you only will hear in a professional camp, and some coaches are just – We'll see. We'll see to what degree the Jets coaches are creative, but some are cre- incredibly creative. I mean, when they did the uh, Atlanta Falcons years ago, one coach was talking to a linebacker who was starting to come into his own in the NFL. He says, "Son, you can play this game, but you're not good enough to be an a-hole." And he said the real word. I'm thinking, what a great statement. You know, there are a lot of people. You never want to be around someone who's arrogant. But if they're arrogant and they're an idiot, that's a bad parlay. If they're arrogant and they're successful, you'll put up with it. You don't like it. But he says, you're not good enough to be arrogant and a-hole. I, I'm looking for some clever dialogue because I've heard it in my day. Nathaniel Hackett, I, I, he, I'm underwhelmed by Nathaniel Hackett. He's not. He's a good dude, right? I think he, he knows what he's doing, and he's in his role now. He's in his element as an offensive coordinator. And he's trying to save face. I don't care what anybody says. There's no way you can not look at Nathaniel Hackett the rest of the year and think about Sean Payton's comments. What makes that go away? The Jets get to the playoffs, okay, and get to the AFC Championship game or something. Then it goes away, I think. And then, of course, Zach Wilson. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's looking for redemption, and Zach Wilson's very much looking for redemption. And I think Zach Wilson got off to a decent start. He's trying to show that he's humble. He's trying to be dutiful. He's being honest about his last couple seasons. Aaron Rodgers is coaching him up. And Wilson throws shows his arm talent, throws a couple of nice long balls. 
And uh, and by the way, uh, Zach's you know maybe been hitting the weight room. His his biceps look look decent, right? All right, coming up, Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. But first, let's go back to our guy Kevin Figures with the latest. All right, uh, one game in progress, quarterfinals at the Women's World Cup. Right now, France and Australia scoreless in the 72nd minute. This game will be followed on Fox by England taking on Colombia. That game will kick off around 6:30 a.m. Eastern time. In baseball Friday night, the Dodgers defeated the Rockies in Los Angeles 6-1 to for their sixth consecutive victory. Rangers over the Giants 2-1 to behind solo home runs from Nathaniel Lowe and Mitch Garver. San Diego handed Arizona their ninth straight loss, a 10-5 to victory there for the Padres. Mariners won their ninth in a row with a 9-2 to victory over Baltimore. Brewers over the White Sox in extra innings 7-6. to Aaron Judge a home run for the Yankees. They beat Florida. Wins for Houston, Atlanta, the Phillies, and the Cubs. Preseason football, Jordan Love, 7 of 10 passing for 46 yards and a touchdown for the Packers in a victory over the Bengals. Sam Howell with a touchdown pass for the Commanders. They beat the Browns 17 to 15. Deshaun Watson was 3 for 3 passing for 12 yards. He also rushed for 20 yards in the loss for Cleveland. Russell Wilson passed for 93 yards and a touchdown for Denver. They lost to Arizona 18 to 17. Back to Bernie Frado. Alright, thanks uh, Kevin. Good stuff, buddy. Alright, always a ton to talk about. Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. We've got to have our epilogue on the women's team's exit. Will the Saudi Pro League be televised? Harry Kane, Lionel Messi in the news. That's why we bring you every week. Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. The greatest goals. The thrilling finishes. The international drama. Chicharito, Chicharito, Chicharito. Ahí. It's all here in this report from the world of soccer. All right, Chris, uh, the World Cup continues, but not without the women's team. What are your closing thoughts? Well, it's like we kind of called at the start of this tournament, Bernie. I think you and I were both kind of skeptical about the massive amount of praise being heaped at the feet of the United States women's team before they had really done anything. We understood that they were changing over a generation here and that a three-peat was certainly not going to be easy. I thought it was more because the rest of the world had caught up. I was not anticipating as poor of the offensive performances as I had seen. I know a lot's been made about, you know, the final penalty shootout and about Megan Rapino, among others, missing their kicks. But I think you and I talked that night. We both agreed it was the best they played all tournament. But, you know, when it comes to a nil-nil draw at the end of extra time and it comes down to penalty kicks, you're putting your faith in a little bit of random chance and where your leg's going to go on a certain kick. So it's, it's a team that... Really, I think, acted like they came into this already winning the tournament and really just were not ready for the spotlight yet. And that's just the short end of it. As you said last week, it feels like more of the Olympics and and how they came up short back then, too. So Coach Andonofsky made, I thought, a shrewd move in the final game in his lineup providing opportunities for Lindsey Horan. They created offense, just couldn't put it in the net. Now people are saying it was too little too late. Does he keep his job? I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite sure what to really make of his job right now. From everything I've seen, everyone seems very upset about the manager, but that always seems to be the case of the United States teams. No one's really happy with the manager at any point, at any time. Uh, I think, though, given just how he's handled these lineups and didn't really 
get anyone set for this. Uh, I, I would be not surprised if he's out of a job, though. It seems like they're already measuring up other candidates for the next Olympics. So Fox continues to be aggressive in their coverage of soccer, including the Saudi Pro League. What have you got? Yeah, so this was actually very surprising news this week. We've talked in the past before, Bernie, about how the Saudi Pro League has really thrown their money around, especially given that a lot of their uh, a lot of the league is backed by the Saudi Royal Investment Fund, and now Fox in, in the United States and also in other places, the Saudi Pro League is becoming more available. So we got Fox in the United States. The Zone's going to pick it up in Canada. I believe there's deals in place in the UK, France, Australia, uh, um, Austria, several other European countries. It seems like they are actually serious after a little bit to actually start to. Now they've got some star power with Cristiano Ronaldo and Karim Benzema. They want to start putting this on television. I worry if it's a little bit too little too late, at least here in the United States, because if you're going to be selling us on the Saudi Pro League and the star power like Cristiano Ronaldo... We've already kind of had, had that meteor impact that is Lionel Messi, so they're going to have to play a little bit of catch-up, but should be interesting just to add that to another pile of more soccer available over in this country. But they're working on improving their visibility, which is great. I've had doubts about how serious they were with this league, and you know, global, global deals definitely helps that way. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more soccer on TV. They're doing a great job. All right, Harry Kane on the move. We talked about him a lot last year during the fall in the Men's World Cup. On his way to Bayern Munich, the headline I saw, is it true they paid $111 million for him? Something in that ballpark. Uh, uh, Harry Kane's made no bones about that he's been wanting to depart, and him and Tottenham have been trying to figure out a way to make the divorce happen uh, for about the last two years. And I think there was more power in in Tottenham's court in this case. Although, to be honest, he only I believe the deal he signed with Bayern Munich's about four years. So, yeah, he's 30 right now. That'll take him through basically the end of his peak. And uh, you know, it was it, it was a it was a it was a deal. It was a it was a king's ransom. But Harry Kane is really a king. Uh, a king. 14 years with Tottenham Hotspur, and unfortunately, the club just isn't going anywhere. They're not doing anything. The best we could maybe say he's going to compete for a Carabao Cup, but you know, this is a man, cap, the captain of England, and he's wants to play in Champions League, and Bayern Munich kind of gives him that chance to really go for titles in, in Bundesliga, go for Champions League, and uh, yeah, it's it's sad to see him leave Tottenham, but I think he's going to have some great opportunities with Bayern Munich. So we finish with Lionel Messi, who just continues to look like a men against boys, and it's my understanding... <laughs> It's my understanding uh, Inter-Miami is now a League Cup favorite because of how well he's playing? Yeah, well, they're already into the semifinals. And actually, LAFC got knocked out of the semifinals in a rather uh, stunning development here in the League's Cup this week. So it's clearing the way for it. But Bernie, this is his fifth straight goal he sees in a game he scored goals in. And it, he didn't, it didn't even read this victory off his foot. A lot more goes to the you know their other uh, forward, Joseph Martinez. Miami's playing very well right now. Messi is just unstoppable. And Martinez himself, I think, earlier this week talked about, hey, when he plays well, it opens up opportunities for the rest of us as well. I I didn't think that with him playing about half the MLS season, he might be in play for some sort of uh, some sort of goal title here. I don't even know if League Cups qualify for that, but he's he's not going to stop. 
he's not going to stop. And at this point, getting in to see him at any kind of U.S. venue is starting to look like, you know, you're buying tickets for Taylor Swift. Literally. I got to tell you, he's normalizing incredible performances every game, and his teammates are doing a great job of setting him up. Yeah, I, I think there was, you know, MLS, when they get a star in, we've always kind of talked about them being a retirement league. He, I, and I told you when he came over here, Bernie, he still has a lot enough juice in the tank. He could have easily gone anywhere he wanted in Europe. He could have gone back to Barcelona if they had the money. He could have stayed with PSG. He's out here in the United States, and he is doing some, like, tremendous, tremendous stuff. Even at his age, it, it, right. it's not like you're getting someone on the back end. You're getting someone still at the tail end of their prime, and he's proving it every game. Good stuff, Chris. Yeah, leadership, too. It's clearly that his presence alone, in addition to his goal scoring, Messi has changed the culture in Miami. All right, Chris, we'll see you in about 24 hours. See you then, Bernie. It's Chris Perfetz, World of Soccer. Coming up, we wrap up the show. We talk about Michael Lorenzen. I got a couple of other oddball oddball stats about that no-hitter and even Shea had a good one. I'll let him chime in uh, as as far as tidbits you may not know. And I saw a legendary he's not a Hall of Famer but a legendary former major leaguer on the MLB Network the other day and so I cannot resist sharing the kind of odd, obscure idiosyncratic story about this guy that you only hear on this show. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios, TireRack.com. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. All right, we're wrapping it up on the Bernie Fratto Show. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios, Fox Sports Radio here in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. Uh, they've been with me since 11 p.m. Pacific on Saturday night. Kevin Figures on the updates. And, of course, Mark Ramsey, our technical producer. And uh, and Shay, keeping you know keeping us glued together, turning all the dials. Great job tonight, guys. Very tight show. Uh, everything clicked, moved right along. And, of course, we'll see you back on these airwaves Saturday night at 11 p.m. Pacific on an absolute jam-packed show. We're going to get into our NFC East preview. We'll dive more into college football. A quick back look at the Pac-12, more preseason stuff, more goofy stories. And, by the way, before I get to this story I teased about a former major leaguer, uh, Shea had a good stat about Michael Lorenzen on his no-hitter. Uh, Shea? Hey, yeah, so on the day that Michael Lorenzen threw his no-hitter, which I believe was Wednesday, um, in ESPN Fantasy Leagues for for MLB Leagues, the uh, amount of people that actually had him rostered was at just 46%. Yeah. Under fifty percent of leaks actually had um, him rostered. And we, and we and we good stuff. We chronicled his his rise the last several years, and he toiled. But now he's a free agent, so the world's his oyster. One other final crazy stat: Michael Lorenzen went to Fullerton High School in Fullerton, California, which is in North Orange County, uh, not far from Disneyland. He's now the fourth major league pitcher to throw a no hitter from Fullerton High School. The others, of course, Steve Busby the Kansas City Royals, Mike Warren, who had a long career, and, of course, the big train, Walter Johnson, who pitched a no-hitter. Fullerton's campus is beautiful. It's an old statue. West campus is very well kept. Imagine that. Four pitchers that got to the major leagues from the same high school that all threw no-hitters. Can't make this stuff up, folks. He can't make this up either. Vince Coleman. You remember Vince Coleman. He's the only major leaguer in history to steal north of 100 bases in three consecutive seasons. Now, Ricky Henderson stole 100 bases in three different seasons, not three consecutive seasons. I love these kind of stories. I can't get enough of them, and I bet you can't either. See, because Vince Coleman wanted to be a football player, but his mom was quite succinct. Vince said, my mother did not want me to play football. She did not want me to play wide receiver. His mom told him, Vince, if they're not going to let you punt, then play baseball. Well, Vince wanted to be a football player. And in fact, he was on the Florida A&M football team. He was the punter and the kicker. In his freshman year, they won the 1AA, Division 1AA, that's what it was called back then, National Championship. And as a freshman kicker, he actually kicked three extra points in the championship game. The following year, he kicked the winning field goal when Florida A&M had the biggest upset in school history by a mile they beat the Miami Hurricanes back in the day. But it gets better. Vince Coleman still agreed to play baseball, but he was a walk-on on the baseball team and at Florida A&M. And believe it or not, he played with another famous player by the last name of Aaron, Larry Aaron, who happened to be Hank Aaron's son. Well, Vince still really wanted to play football. So after graduation, he tried out with the Redskins, but they didn't have any interest in him being a punter. But he did run the 40 in 4.29. They kind of liked him there, but his mom said, you're not playing wide receiver. You're going to play baseball if they don't let you punt. So the Redskins said, no, you can't punt. You ran a 4.29 wide uh, in the 40. 
You can play wide receiver. So after walking on as a baseball player at Florida A&M and playing with Hank Aaron's son, you know what happened next. He ends up with the St. Louis Cardinals. He steals 45 bases his rookie season in rookie ball, goes to single A, steals 145 bases in 113 games. Just unreal. And he kept it going when he got to the major leagues. He had a long career. And the truth of the matter is Vince still to this day is a little bum. They wouldn't let him punt because they they thought it would be a great story. And here's where the story gets even better. The only two black punters at the NFL time, they were they were cousins. Do you, do you I, If you Minnesota Vikings fans must remember, they had a punter by the name of Greg Coleman. He punted for 12 seasons in the National Football League and 11 with the Vikings. But interestingly enough, they both went to the same high school, Vince Coleman and Greg Coleman. But Vince broke all of Greg's kicking records. So Greg becomes the kicker or the punter for 11 years in, with the Vikings and 12 years in the NFL, which is what Vince Coleman wanted to do. But Vince Coleman goes and plays baseball, steals a million bases, and obviously one of the greatest base stealers of all time. He listened to his mom. He did what his mom told him. He got drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals after a scout saw him one game. And in that game while playing for Florida A&M as a walk-on for Florida A&M, I saw Vince Coleman steal seven bases in one college game. Imagine that. Your mom won't let you play football unless you're a punter or a kicker. So you kick and punt for Florida A&M. You're a part of a national championship team. You're part of a team that upsets Miami. You play with Larry uh, Hank Aaron's son as a walk-on on the baseball team. After graduation from Florida A&M, he still wants to play football, tries out with the Redskins, runs the 40 and 429, but they don't want him as a punter. And yet, his cousin, Greg Coleman, punted for 12 seasons in the NFL, 11 with the Vikings. Vince broke all of his kicking records in high school, but he doesn't get the punt. He ends up in baseball. You can't make it up. As well as you cannot make up the fact that Michael Lorenzen tossed a no-no the other night, eight days after being traded by the Detroit Tigers. He was in the All-Star game this year, obviously the only All-Star to be traded, throws a no-hitter in his first appearance with the Phillies, home appearance. Steve Busby, Mike Warren, Walter Johnson, joined by Michael Lorenzen, all four graduates of Fullerton High School, to throw a no-hitter from the same high school. Lorenzen also threw a career-high 124 pitches. I joked earlier in the show, it's a good thing Dave Roberts wasn't managing. He wouldn't have made it past the sixth inning. And that's not necessarily on Roberts. You know, it's the analytics guy, the really smart guy with the suspenders and bow tie, never wore a jock in front of a computer. You got to come out now. Well, Lorenzen might not have been able to throw that. It's the highest pitch count of any pitcher this entire season. There's only 10 players in the last five seasons that have thrown 120 pitches, and he had to grind it. Walk five, check that. Struck out five, walk four, threw 124 pitches. This is a guy who's had a very checkered eight years in the major leagues. He was very average last year. His ERA was four and a half in 18 starts. But again, he made the all-star team only to be traded. And oh, by the way, good news for Mike Lorenzen. He's a free agent. He's a free agent at the end of the year. 
All right, I'm back on these airwaves Saturday night at 11 p.m. We'll have a ton of stuff for you as the NFL preseason continues and we'll preseason the NFL, NFC East, and we're going to get heavily into college football Saturday night as well as some great guests and more stories. It's going to do it for the Bernie Fratto Show. Keep it locked, though. Up next, the great Anthony Gargano, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 